Hello, ladies and gents, and welcome to episode number 25 of the KDH podcast. Today, we are going to be talking female fat loss with coach Finlay Carmichael. How are you, mate? I am very well. How are you? Not too bad. Do you know, I have literally been trying to crack, think of a joke and I just forgot to say it because you're from Ballamore. <laughs> Ballamore say, what's the story? And I'm what's just, the story? Oh. Do, you know, <laughs> do you know, when you were going to do my intro, I was going to get that out of the way so that no one, usually I try and get that out of the way straight away so that no one can give me the what's the story joke. All right. So but I was on <laughs> Finley's podcast last week. They uploaded and then Finley's on mine this week. Um, and we're actually talking in advance right now. It's actually the... 18th right now and this won't be getting uploaded until about the 25th so um you're listening from the future i don't know <laughs> so, um yeah, yeah so um finley was obviously on, i was on finley's podcast and now he's coming on to mine today um let's start off with a little bit of an insight to you mate let's talk about you what's your story and what do you do now cool so was that a was that a joke there what's what's your story? no no like i, I kind of like lost what i was saying what, what's your what's your no 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 story? so from um, I'm from Isle of Mull, so if you don't know where that is, uh, that's that's Ballamore, as as we've said. Um, so I, I now stay in Oban, and um, so what I was doing was obviously one to one PT, um, but I have sort of managed to go fully online with that. Um, and sort of growing up on Mull, it's like quite a sm- small in population wise. Um, so fairly small place. grew grew up fairly quiet. Moved down to Glasgow, did like a sport coaching um, college course for a couple of years, stayed in Glasgow, but I was planning on doing PE teaching, decided that wasn't for me. Um, and then actually my dad like started over running a hotel in a sort of quieter part of the island. Um, so I was helping with that. And then gradually through that, I started taking my own sort of boot camp thing. And through through that time that I was sort of helping run the hotel, that's it was a busy time, but my like fitness was my sort of get out really. And it, that sort of was my, my focus while I was there. And and gradually I managed to sort of build up confidence a little bit, um, build up like my knowledge of things. And therefore started the boot camp. That was going well. So then decided I wanted to do one-to-one PT, which is then when I went to to Glasgow, did the course, stayed on on a mate's sofa for for eight weeks or so. Um, and yeah, then they moved to Oban and started doing that. Yeah. What's it like in like in Oban? What's the sort of, is it competitive? Is there a lot of PTs? I don't know. I, I, I don't think I've actually been to Oban PT before. PT-wise? Yeah. PT-wise. Yeah. Um, so there's, when I started, there was a couple of others. And uh, it's getting like, I don't know what it's like there, but it's getting like more and more, more and more popular, really. Like there's yeah. a lot of people starting to do it. Um, so just now I think, in the gym that I was in, there's like one or two others. And there was another gym that's just closed down, uh, but there was a couple in that as well. So it's not like a, not a massive amount of people, but it is becoming more common. What's the gyms like in Mull? Is it just like a tree and like a swing or something? In Mull, yeah. So uh, <laughs> my, the gym, pretty much. Um, a baseball like bat I, I bought Mull. <laughs> yeah, you know, you know it. It sounds like you've been there. Um, <laughs> Now, basically, um, I, I sort of built my own gym. So it was like a, basically a squat rack, bought some dumbbells and stuff. And that was in, that was in the hotel and that was in like a wee, an, an old bar. So I actually used to train like under a, this is very like island, but under a, just under candlelight and trying to, because there was no, there was no power that went into the little room. So I was training like, like literally you breathe and there was, 
basically your boot camp, but indoors. And, uh, yeah, it's pretty. <laughs> I'm pretty sure on that scene from like, you ever seen chewing the fat where they're on the wee island in the lighthouse. <laughs> yeah, like, yeah, yeah, yeah. no day that. <laughs> That's your gym. <laughs> yeah, pretty much, pretty much that. Um, and yeah, like I also grew up playing playing rugby, so that was a that was a big part to try and to try and get like a little bit bigger or stronger for that. Yeah, so I, it's been good being that sort of like I can imagine like in areas like Mull, Oban and stuff like that, you become that sort of go-to guy as well, don't you? Like, do you know what I mean like you can yeah. build up quite a reputation there? I think like yeah, even yeah. even in Ayrshire, like Ayrshire's big. There's a lot of PTs, but you, if you if you're pretty good, you can stand out. And but it's when you go to more densely populated areas, it does become harder. Do you know what I mean? Like, I look at yeah. I look I would I would consider myself as a, a half decent PT, and you know, I'd like to think so. And I think I could do well in a busier place. But like, see, starting off, like it would be tough. Yes, you're doing it in a really yeah, really it's busy hard, hard. London or something. Hard that must be hard. Off. I know. I know. I know. It's pretty. Right, so if anyone's thinking about starting off as a PT, move to Mull. <laughs> move to Mull or like yeah. Aaron or something. Get to Mull. Yeah. My friend's actually... Start, start my, a boot camp on Mull. Yeah, my friend uh, Jack is actually... He was a, I met Jack through my PT course. I was on the phone to Jack yesterday. Still really good pals with him. We were up at his. He stays in Lewis now. Oh, yeah. And um, he's pure dominating the gym scene there. Um, yeah. He's just taking over, man. I don't think the, the local gym inhabitants were... <laughs> gym owners were very happy. But um, get it up, use if you listen. Because <laughs> I've been proper shit with him. <laughs> they have been proper shit. He's getting planning permission for about. Probably, I'll just not talk about this. <laughs> yeah, you. Yeah, so you'll like, probably have like report. Get this podcast reported. Probably shouldn't be talking about this. Yeah, yeah, um, yeah. So like, so obviously that transition from being a one-to-one coach to go into fully online. If anyone is listening in, I, even when I started off, I was like, oh, what the fuck's an online coach? You know I mean, what's, what's the difference yeah. between a personal trainer and an online coach? You need to have different qualifications. For anyone that doesn't know, a, an online coach, and I think now, like, I was explaining an online coach to my dad and he was looking at me as if like, why the fuck would someone do that? That's what he was looking at me yeah. like. You know, he's like, I was going, it's just someone that like, in the, it just, cause it was like a lot of folk just see it as training. An online coach is yeah. essentially everything plus more than what you would get at a one-to-one isn't that i mean like that's that's yeah. probably in a nutshell it's like accountability nutrition more check-ins probably more support more improved programming <laughs> um yeah and like yeah i would, I would say the the sort of plan the plan and the accountability are probably the biggest ones um like obviously training plan nutrition wise step goals and stuff like that but then um the accountability on top of that is a big one so just the messages the check-ins um, but it's funny, funny you mentioned your dad there because my dad still doesn't have a clue what I do. Yeah, just like what what you doing today, and I'm saying like, oh, I'm just uh, gonna like do programs and stuff. He's like, what are you what are you talking about? That's so, like yeah, he's like, job. <laughs> yeah, exactly. He's like, he's like, when are you gonna get a real job? <laughs> come back and work at the hotel. <laughs> exactly, exactly. Is he still in the hotel? Is it still working? Yeah, he's still there. It's, it's pretty um, like it was a pretty tough thing to leave because um. Like I, I sort of mainly like we both ran it together, um, but like I did a lot of the a lot of the the bar work and like helped out in the kitchen and stuff. So it was a pretty tricky thing to leave because uh, like I you like the lifeline. He doesn't it. really want to be there, and yeah, I feel like I was just sort of leaving him to it. And yeah, 
you pick yeah, up a lot of like see, I think see sometimes people working in hospitality you pick up so many skills from that don't you like yeah hundred percent like, like you pick up some amazing skills that I'll, I always notice when you go into like a restaurant and see when you've got a really good waiter or waitress and they're like so attentive and they're like absolutely on it I'm like fucking hell they're class at their job and like Aye. I think like you, you in any job like in any job at all you can you just get people that just accelerate at it and I think that rubs off and learning how to manage people, learning how to deal with people. And I think in our yeah. job, you need to know how to deal with people. Do you know what I mean? I, to- yeah, yeah. I, was, I was totally bad at it when I first started off. I was just like, see if people came over and complained in the gym, they would just say things and I'd be like, what? <laughs> what are you saying? What are you saying? <laughs> what, you can't speak to me like that. <laughs> um, but um, no, like customer service is a big thing. But so what's the, obviously we kind of went off on a tangent there. What was the transition like from being a full one-to-one coach jumping to an online coach because that is going from uh going from completely in the gym floor to taking a step back and going online what was that been like mate well i started off uh doing the online side of things sort of october last year i think it was so october yeah. 19 so i've really only been doing it a year and a bit yeah um, about a year and a month and to start with i just got a few clients and i actually started because it was someone that was from Auburn that was down in glasgow wanted to sort of just go through programs and stuff but but do it online so i got her set up and then um she was doing she was doing pretty well so got like just got a few more clients online and then i think i ended up building to about 10 um and and then i think 15 before christmas and uh, so it's quite quite quick in that respect and then come um come january it was still going quite well quite steady um and then obviously lockdown happened so I was always looking to get a little bit more online uh, because I felt like I really enjoyed the one-to-one PT side of things, but I always felt that when I was with that person in the gym, like that was only a very small part of it. And I thought a lot of the progress could be made out with of the hour that I saw them. And if I could give them more accountability and, and give them more structure and help them like understand their training plan and, and help educate them in that respect, then they'd probably see better results without having me to to be there and so that's where i always thought about it and then come lockdown that that allowed me to like give myself a little bit more time to be able to do it because i didn't really have the time to to fully transition from like full one-to-one to to then um fully online while i was doing one-to-ones because it's just a big jump and and stuff like that so lockdown gave me the time to sort of plan things to to upgrade things to improve the service and uh yeah really enjoyed it and it's going well now yeah yeah really well and Fantastic, yeah, yeah definitely feel feel like i'm i'm having more of an impact than i was with the one-to-ones just because i'm able to sort of help more people and um help move them forward a bit more yeah i think that that's the thing though like if i, I everyone's like it's not saying that one isn't superior do you know what i mean like you could argue no, like someone might say that one-to-one is better than online but then you might be like well there might be an online coach with really really good systems in place that actually yeah. provides you with so much support that it absolutely plunges like do you know what I mean it absolutely tanks someone else's standard of one-to-one or someone yeah. might come to me for a one-to-one and be like fucking hell I can't believe how good that was <laughs> I'm joking yeah but um, yeah. No, I'd like to think they would think that and they like they they think like that and they might go to an online coach where the online coach literally gives them the macros and texts them on a sunday do you know what i mean like yeah. that's not yeah so the, yeah so it's, all it's totally to, person dependent yeah it's down to what the level of service it's being given do you know what i mean you could go to yeah. a, 
and online coaching. What I've tried to do is get that hybrid now, like through over lockdown, like I understood that having that community, having that additional check-in was a part that yeah. I can really seen was like, fucking hell, that actually is really, really good. So now with all yeah. my one-to-one clients, every Sunday, I, I send them like a bit of an accountability and a check-in. Yeah. And then I see them. them like, fuck's sake, Christian, I wasn't yeah. getting this before. Now you're yeah, nailing it I know, I know. So it's good. <laughs> and uh, it was something I'd never done. And don't get me wrong, I was in touch with my clients, but not to the extent that now. And see with that additional bit of communication, that additional bit yeah. of support, you're more in tune, you're more connected. And you know exactly where someone is just with like that literally like, it, it takes like, yeah, it takes like an hour at my Sunday, but at the end of the day, it's, it's going to improve my service. And that's, that's the way yes. I, do I mean, that that's it's more important. It's well me. worth it if the, the clients are getting better results. Definitely. Like, that's, that's what I'll tend to do as well. Like I'll send, I'll do, I'll send out a check-in on a, on a Saturday and yep. then they'll, they'll fill that out on a Saturday, Sunday or a, or a Monday morning. I'll get back to them on the Monday. Then generally like, Again, person dependent because some people need more feedback than others. But generally, I'll then give them a message on a Wednesday and a Friday again, yeah. <clears throat> um, and then obviously with that, they can message anytime they need to. But yeah, it's, it's just means that there's more touch points, and um, it's almost like rather than having that hour where I'm all in on that person, I can have these like micro touch points through the week. Um, and I think, but, yeah. I think that some people benefit more from online than some people would benefit from one-to-one. I mean, that's, that's, yeah. a, that's a big one there. And I think like if anyone is listening and you, maybe you use one, it's, you should try out different things. Like I use online training with my coach and, and um, like just that it works for me for what I want for the programming and that. So it works out fine. Um, but like you should try out. Do you know I mean, you don't have, I think a lot of people like me being a personal trainer there's been so many people that i've trained where they go i need a personal trainer i need to do this and they're like they should rather than thinking of what they need they should be thinking about the why do you know what i mean like right i want to build muscle i want to develop a physique so i'm really strong and i feel great right what do i need to, i don't really know what i'm doing there i could probably do with getting a one-to-one coach to help me or it could be like oh i'm really my, my routine's all over the place i don't really know what i'm doing and you be like, i'd probably benefit quite a lot from uh, the accountability of uh like a more well-rounded sort of my lifestyle approach. Yeah. And it's not saying that a personal one-to-one trainer wouldn't do that, but it's just saying yeah. that, you know what I mean? There's, there's benefits of both there. So it's just trying yeah. to find what, that, what works for you. Yeah, I, d- I did a podcast on that as well. And it's just like online coaching v one-to-one PT. And it's, it's not that either is better than the other. It's just they've both got benefits. They've both got downfalls. Um, and yeah, like the the sort of client that I try and work with are, are sort of females in their, their 20s and 30s looking to sort of lose fat, build confidence and and get into the shape of their lives. And um, like for some people, the online side of things wouldn't work to do that. If someone's not got great like gym experience or they're not sure how to do many exercises and stuff like that, then probably one-to-one PT would benefit them more. But if they've got a good understanding of that um, and, they, and they're looking for some extra accountability, then then the online coaching thing would probably work for that, that person. Definitely, yeah. And I think like people sometimes place way too much emphasis. Like, people want to make improvements to it. Like this is, how, like this is a very, very broad question, like statement when I say this. Like for someone, it might be that, imagine like me or you, Finley, let's use me or you, for example, we went and got a one-to-one coach, right? And it was just yeah. for muscle building. It probably really, really help us. But for someone else that was brand spanking you to training, it's the tip of the iceberg. That one hour yeah. with you 
isn't going to be the thing that changes it. And some people come, and it's the same with online training. They think, oh, I'll get an online coach, but don't do anything. They don't take action. Yeah. They're only, there's only motion taking place. They're only, they're only, the intention's there, but there's no action to follow. And I've had this so many times with one-to-one. But now I think as an experienced coach, you can sniff it out right away and be like, you need to do, yeah. you, you'll be like, ah, right, you're not doing this. Like, and I think you have to break things down to doable stages. But going and doing a one-hour session with a one-to-one coach and thinking that is going to solve all your problems is, you know what I mean? It's the tip of the iceberg. Don't get me wrong. You'll have a great session. You might have a good laugh. You might have a, you might see your strength develop. Just even doing that, you probably will. Do you know what I mean? Like even someone coming, but if your life is an absolute shambles outside of that, you will not see any progress. Yeah. Do you know what I mean? If your nutrition's, say you come for fat loss and you think that an hour long session is going to sort it, it's not. Um, yeah. So that's kind of something to add in there. It is the tip of the iceberg. Do you know what I mean? There's 168 hours in a week. You need to look at the week as a whole rather than yeah. just looking at one area. Yeah, definitely. And that's, that's a big reason, as I said, why, like why I moved online rather than that, rather than, constantly trying to do do one-to-ones because I did feel like um people would come and sort of expect a result just from just from doing that one hour when obviously there's a lot more that goes on out with that definitely and what was it that led you to doing females and fat loss in your age specific range what was it that led you to do that um so well generally I've I've more niched that down as I've as I've moved online um, so when I was in the gym, I was training sort of both guy, guys and girls, but um, more females and, and probably 80% of, of the one-to-one clients were, were females. Um, and then gradually as I progressed online, I was getting more and more females uh, that I was working with. And sort of I got to a point where I had, I now have like two two guys and I was, I was kind of like marketing for both to work with both guys and girls, and then I thought it was it was, it was kind of pointless, and I should I should um, focus more on the girls. And um, like I've got a little bit of a, a female personality. Like I'll I'll pick a glass of wine over a over a beer probably, and like pretty scared of spiders. Like wouldn't wouldn't go out and watch really football and stuff like that. And um, so like I I tend to find that I could relate to almost girls really well, whereas like guys looking to get massive and like build loads of muscle like that. I wasn't really into that type of thing. So that's how it sort of came about. Identify your demographic and that's what you've done there. That's that's what I've done as well. You just look at what you've mostly worked with, who you enjoy working with most, who you can get the best results for. And then you do it. It doesn't mean, it doesn't mean to say that you can't help other people. It's just saying that like you look at any, any super successful coach, any super successful like look at look at uh, Joe Wicks for example. He's now became the he, he did change from he's now almost became a bit of a Disney character. Like he aims towards <laughs> helping families with children. He's became this online PE teacher. That's his demographic. Yeah. Do you know what I mean? Like someone yeah, that wants to go and get massive and build would not be like I'll do Joe Joe Wicks yeah, yeah. day plan. Yeah. Do you know what I mean? Whereas <laughs> maybe a mum with three kids that lives at home and uh, the our partner goes out and works or whatever she'll be more enticed to go to Joe Wicks. Do you know what I mean? Whereas yeah. she might not like the vibe of KDH boot camps and stuff. Like it's, it's, you might, yeah, exactly. you know I mean, but it's, it's just down to the demographic. Um, and I think it's, it's important to identify that. Um, yeah. So obviously working with females, um, specifically focusing on fat loss, when it comes to fat loss, what's the top three most common frustrations that you f- uh, frequently see women come up against? 
So probably a big one is their weight not moving on the scale. Um, yeah. And I think that's a very common one. I think like both guys and girls will get caught up in the weight, but particularly females. And because of the menstrual cycle, because it, their weight probably will fluctuate a little bit more than the guys, um, it is very easy to get caught up in the scale. So um, just like try and understand that the, the scales will fluctuate, your weight will go up and down. And we can talk about that this a little bit more when we go into the bit more about the menstrual cycle but your weight will go up and down um and that doesn't necessarily mean that you've gained fat that you've lost fat and it's not necessarily um that you're you're that's not a dictator of you you being good or, or doing well and seeing success or not um so that's one thing then maybe feeling motivation um like people always expect to feel motivated and like like we i think we touched on this in the last podcast but motivation won't just happen you won't just wake up and feel motivated you need to sort of create motivation and, and um it's a bit like happiness it's an emotion and if you want to want to feel motivated then you need to do things that that help you feel motivated and um, so whatever that might be and if you think of it like a, a triangle where you've got motivation action and then progress you need to take some sort of action to see progress that leads to the motivation and then you go around like that and it just continues on. So making sure that you take action is very important. Um, and then probably like a lot of people try and try and focus on like being perfect and being a hundred percent like on plan and um, trying to do everything perfectly. When in reality, like you'll make more progress by trying to get 80% of on the plan or trying to hit 80% of, of your goals and, and moving forward with the 80% and allowing that 20% to be a little bit more flexible because it, it allows you to stay on track for longer. It allows you to be more consistent with things. And when you focus on being 100%, um, you're never going to be able to be 100%. And as soon as something goes wrong, you feel like you failed, you maybe feel guilty, and then, then you just feel like giving up. So being able to understand that like 80%, um, the 80-20 sort of principle, Will, will help you progress massively is, is very important as well. Definitely. The, the one about weight there, like that is, the full weight thing is actually, the more I think about it, so when I started off, I was the classic PT, don't weigh yourself. I didn't really yeah. know the full in-depth explanation to why. I just knew the fact that I hadn't done it and that it, like I had a good, it was a, it was a good reason. It wasn't like the, the intention from me was there. I didn't want people to weigh themselves. I didn't do it. And I had a perfectly good relationship with food, exercise, and yeah. my body composition. So I was like, well, we don't need to do it. But then people were coming to me and they were wanting to know. And I just seen it more and more. I seen other PTs do it. I was like, right, I'll start weighing myself. Then I found myself doing it more and more. Anytime someone went through a transformation, I was like, they lost this much weight. And see, by doing this, you're fueling the machine, like the machine of the weight. You're gamifying it. You are. You've got all these different things coming up, and it just creates that you're, you're not helping it. So now I don't weigh MD, and that's been something that I've changed to doing this year. And one of the reasons yeah. for it was because I wasn't weighing anyone over lockdown because I didn't see them, and everybody was making class progress. And I remember yeah. that one of the reasons that I did do it was because a PT was like, they were like, I can't remember who it was, but they were almost like going, "Oh, that person doesn't even weigh anyone. That just shows that they're lazy." And the PT they were talking about was quite lazy, so they weren't weighing anyone. So <laughs> I was just like putting pressure on myself and going, "Fuck, I need to weigh someone because that's a professional courtesy. It's more data." And you're like, the the first thing you need to understand about weight is it's your relationship to the ground. You yeah. can go for a number two, 
you could be dehydrated, you could be depleted in glycogen, and that will fluctuate your weight massively short term. And especially if the person that is weighing themselves consistently isn't versed in understanding nutrition, if they don't have any sort of routine, if they, they, they don't have any routine with their movement, their exercise, their lifestyle, their nutritional habits, then all these things are going to impact it. They might eat a really, really poor diet, maybe high in sodium. They are constantly maybe up and down with retaining water because their diet's like they're eating a lot of foods that are bad and hyphens. I'm not saying that any food's bad, but they're eating foods that are saltier. They're eating things that are going to impact their hydration levels frequently. They might be heavier and lighter, more, more like change throughout the day. And so someone doing this that's got no law and order to their lifestyle yeah, they're going to see fluctuations consistently. And then you get things like diet clubs that are just doing this and nothing else that are also feeding the machine. And then you've got yeah. obviously PTs that are feeding the machine for what I was just saying there. And it's just this full thing of confusion. And you're like, why should that be the thing that deems how well you're doing? Do you know what I mean? Like, why yeah. should it? And I'm not being one of these folk that, you know, and I've had people where they've maybe been to an off coach and they go, oh, like, oh, they said they don't weigh me because muscle weighs more than fat. And you're like, no. That's a really shitty explanation of what yeah, yeah. you're trying to say. Like resistance training will impact your body composition, but you're, you could quite easily lose eight pounds of fat in a month, but you're not going to gain eight pounds of muscle in a month. Like it's just, no, it doesn't, doing it doesn't well. work like that. <laughs> so yeah, again, short term, you might see some fluctuations in the scale, but it's just all these different factors mean that, yeah, you might see your weight not change one week, but you could have lost two pounds of fat. Do you know I mean you yeah. might see go the other way where you've you've actually gained two pounds of fat, but you've lost two pounds in the scale, and it's shortly like in that week. So, yeah. it's just, and then the next week it's almost like because you were dehydrated when you weighed yourself, you're then up three pounds a week after, and you're like, how the fuck did that happen? I lost it. Like yeah. you haven't, and then because these people are doing this and they're not actually, they're, well, as I was saying before, they've got no routine, they've got no law and order to their lifestyle. They're sitting going, I've been eating dead healthy and I've gained weight. It's all these like yeah. loose statements and you're like... Yeah, and then, it's, and then you end up getting frustrated at the scales and, and stuff like that. Yeah. I actually had a guy who was doing, a, who was doing PT and he, he... Something like he was... He wasn't doing PT. He was going to Slum and World. And um, he did, he was obviously had his way in. I think it's a Wednesday they do it. So he had his way in the next day and he, he came in and he, he said to me, oh, I've, not, I've not been drinking any water. I was like, all right, like, how not? That's like, well, he goes, it's bad for you. I was like, how's, how's it bad for you? He's like, well, it makes you put on weight. And I was ah, like, it's, it's mental. Just like, it's just trying to, I, I think people should try and understand it a little bit more and, and like try and look into it and educate yourself because then you can see the scales as just giving you data and, and like you, you might see your weight go up and be like, oh yeah, I ate a little bit later last night or I'm weighing myself a little bit earlier than I usually would. Or there's all these different reasons that the weight will fluctuate. Yeah. I think the problem is that because the only bit of data that they're getting is the the scales and they're not versed in nutrition. So they're just making yeah. statements like, I've been eating healthy. And you're like, you're like, what it like they just say things like, yeah. I've been exercising, eating healthy, and I'm not losing any weight. And you're like, right, where's the data? And I'm not saying you need to yeah. track every single calorie. I'm not saying, but at least do it for a week so that you understand. Like, uh, and it works the other way as well. I've had like young guys, they go, I need to eat 5,000 calories a day to put on weight. I'm like, what the fuck are you doing? A half marathon every day. Like, 
you know, like you're running like 18 mile run every single day and doing like additional steps in the year six foot yeah. five, you do not need 5,000 calories a day. Like, and people make statements both ways where they go, I don't eat enough. I, and then you go, have you ever tracked your calories? And they go, no. And you're like, well, stop making silly yeah. statements. Do you know what I mean? Yeah. Like, folk can... just say things. People just say words sometimes. I'm like, what are these words? Listen to what you're saying. Yeah. <laughs> don't yeah, make just... any sense. I like it though when like someone comes to you for help and they're sitting there like so righteous and you're like fuck off man <laughs> like pipe yeah. down getting yeah. you're in the other chair here. <laughs> <laughs> right. Right. But, uh, no, like I'm all for people coming for help. But you have to be willing to help yourself. You're like a wee yeah. statement that I've been saying is you've got people with like, the normal brain and then they've got like the wee idiot brain, and it's like <laughs> people are doing really well. You may be telling someone to start resistance training trying to calories then like week three you see them back at les mills body pump and you're like i told you that doesn't yeah. work you've been going there for two years and they're like no i yeah. like to go back to spin i like to there. yeah and they're like no you've been sitting on that bike in the same in the same spot in the class doing the same class i know there's people like see when i was at uh, the gym group there was people that had been going to that spin class for like seven years and they were the yeah. exact same shape and i'm not like yeah but, like you have to start questioning like the process yeah. like Maybe I'm not right here. Maybe I have to accept that I'm wrong. You know what I mean, maybe, yeah. maybe I should just give in to this. But folk don't do it. They just, they just keep going. Like, um, and the thing is, they're being consistent with it. And you're like, you would think. I suppose it's like complacency as well, isn't it? Yeah, it depends. It depends what the person's goal is, I suppose. But like, if you're trying to, if you're trying to change shape or or lose fat, whatever it is, and, and you've done seven yeah. years on a on a bike, then yeah, it might be might be time to try something else. And the thing is, like a lot of these people are super super consistent. So just imagine if they if they were like in the right areas. If they did manage to go to the gym, yeah. Like train hard, get their nutrition right, they'd make some amazing progress. I know, because they're, they're, they're consistent as hell, but they're just consistent in the wrong areas, do you know what I mean? And yeah. no one's ever came to me and said, Christian, I want to get really good at stationary uphill bike climbs, do you know what I mean? No one's ever yeah. said that. And uh, <laughs> you're like, my God, no one's ever said, I want to get, I want to come, Christian, I want to do Les Mills, I want to do it with 40 kilo in the bar. No one's ever said that to me, <laughs> do you know what I mean? Like, yeah, and, and when people think it like that, you're like, well, technically speaking, if they done that, they would make progress and stuff like in that yeah. desired field that they're in. But it's just because, like, I, I was actually saying that I think that classes, like, see, just generalized classes, they're proper dated now. Like, yeah. see, just going to things like a stationary on the spot class where there's like, it's just choreographed chaos, isn't it? It's yeah. just, yeah, it's just how many calories can we burn, like. Do you know what I mean? Like, fair enough if you're having yeah. a great time. Fair enough if you love the community. But y- you'll you'll literally outgrow the training like adaptations very quickly if you are consistent. Do you know what I mean? Like, yeah, you get yeah. you will get scunnered with it. You'll be like, "Fuck me! This is I've been doing this for five years, and I've what am I doing?" Like, yeah, a big, a big part of it as well is that, like, as you just said, like, you've never seen anyone use forty kilos, um, and it's like it's like people are trying to curl the same amount as they can squat. And obviously that's going to limit the amount you can squat and therefore it's going yeah. to limit um, the progress you can make. So it's, yeah. Yeah. My, I love when, I don't love it. It just slowly kills me inside a wee bit. When someone does like a, like they're maybe with a coach or something and they've got them doing like a walking lunge into a bicep curl or something. Oh, it's just like, yeah. oh my God. You're like, why are you lunging away yeah. that you can curl? Why are you combining <laughs> those two movements together? Stop that. Yeah. Um, just yeah, stop so, it. 
I'm gonna I'm gonna stop before I start offending anyone that's listening right now. <laughs> and the thing is, like I'm not like this podcast, me talking is to help people. And if anyone is listening in and they have tuned into all 25 episodes, you see that every coach that comes on, I'm we're talking about the same things. We're talking about reoccurring things. And why I'm talking about it is so that people realize as well. It's not just in a sort of haha, I know what I'm doing and you don't. Like that's what this podcast is all about, to help people. It's to educate them more and more it's not to be like you're doing this ha 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 i mean like if someone's yeah. tuned into all these they'll be picking up so much um so it's i think like when we've had like 16 17 coaches on and they're all saying the same things the penny should drop you should be getting off that spin bike and you should be like i am going to lift some weights <laughs> <laughs> but yeah um so all those points make extremely valid so Next point, this kind of ties in with obviously what we spoke about there. What are the most common fears and worries that you hear from women? So not like not like frustra- frustrations, but fears. What is what do you usually hear when it comes to fat loss and training, the gym? What what do you what, what do you think it is? Um so so there's a good few things that you, that you could that I could mention here, but um first of all, probably that, that lifting weights will will make them bulky. I think that's like a very common common myth. And I think it's I think it's becoming less common now, but I think I think there is a lot of women that, that do still worry about oh if I if I do weights and if I try and get strong then I'm I'm gonna look massive, gonna look like a, a Russian bodybuilder or something. And um, when when in reality like that's not the case. And um a lot of like Instagram models or or whoever that you're maybe striving to look more like or if you've got like goals that you're trying to hit chances are that being able to get stronger and being able to to build a bit of muscle will will take you towards that place and um like a little bit of cardio here and there might help to obviously burn a few extra calories lose a little bit of extra fat but the majority of the progress will be seen in getting stronger and and making sure that you are progressing in in the weights area and so that's one then probably um a lot of, a lot of women like I'll give them a calorie goal and they'll be they'll be like, What is it that 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 many? Um and they, they get a little bit worried about eating too much and they think that that's gonna that's gonna make them gain fat. And well it is like generally a lot a lot of females might just be like, right, I'm gonna try twelve hundred calories. And there's nothing necessarily wrong with twelve hundred calories, but it is it is a fairly low calorie sort of diet for, for an average sort of sized female. Um, so just being able to, to eat a little bit more, that's going to help you build a better body. It's going to help you build a little bit more muscle. And generally what I try and, and tell my clients is try and lose, lose fat or, or, um, lose weight on the highest number of calories you can, uh, like while eating as much as you can, because that's going to help you get stronger and build more muscle and, and, essentially help you create a better body and it might take a little bit longer but it's going to be much more sustainable and and you're going to have a much better body at the end yeah i think and see, uh sorry mate carry on oh tie in with that and so many people will be like right brilliant i love that and i always tell people the exact same thing mate like imagine that your expenditures here you want your consumption to be just below there you never want it to be yeah. like drastically below and people go so how many is that and the truth is it's you will only know that with practice. Do you know what I mean? Yeah. Me or Finley can't just say eighteen hundred and ninety. You know what I mean? We, we don't yeah. know. It will be it will be a ballpark. It's never an exact number. It's like a range rather than like an exact number. Um, and it will depend on obviously 
practice of understanding and not just like the thing is like we could probably from our experience if someone says to you if they're being truthful about what they do you could give them a pretty good ballpark range like, i mean if you had a female yeah. that wants to lose fat the exercise is four times a week she's maybe five foot eight does 10,000 12,000 steps a day you'd be like and a decent range for you if you want to lose fat would be anywhere between 1600 to 1900 so you know what i mean like you would say that and then they go yeah but what and you'd be like well you would need to make the conscious decision to be like well I'm trying to lose fat. I've done 18,000 steps a day. I'm done an extra session this week. I should probably consume a wee bit more. And it's, it's yeah. trying to be smart about it. Do you know what I mean? Like, and try to manage it yes. like that. Like, it's not just an exact number and people sometimes can't get their head around that. Yeah. Like, there's, a, there's always going to be a range and, and like, yeah, a lot of people think it's just going to be like one magic number that, that helps them progress. Whereas, what I've actually started doing is trying to give like people a range rather than giving them one number. So yeah, maybe I, I used to give them like 18 or 16, whereas now I'll go like, right, if they're, let's say 16, let's go 15 to 17. And days that you need a little bit more, you feel, feel like you need a little bit more, then go towards 17. If you're feeling right, then go towards 15. Um, but yeah, obviously the more you move, the more food you need, the more training sessions you do, the more food. So it's just, it's just trying to find the balance and but consistency is always going to be a big one like making sure you can be consistent with it because if you're if you're not sure how many calories you're tracking if you're not sure how many calories you're having and you're maybe not tracking it then um it probably is like very easy to add in an extra handful of this and an extra bowl full of that and uh, things like that no it definitely is it's it's uh keeps you on top of it and what was your last point mate because i did interrupt you rudely uh, it was just it was just going back to the the scale fluctuations again. So just yeah. um, just like being worried that they'll gain weight, being worried that um, they won't be able to lose weight and stuff like that. And it's just it's just understanding the reasons why the scale will fluctuate and move up and down and, and trying to be understanding of it. What I say to everyone now is, if you tick the boxes, that's just a byproduct. Do you know what I mean? Like if yeah. you tick the boxes, so say for example, someone wants to lose fat or they want to maintain, or they want to get strong, or whatever it is, if they focus their energy in the right areas, you will see that your body composition, your body fat will change, right? Whether that doesn't set in, that, that weight might not be in line with what you do. Some people say things like, oh, I want to lose two stone. I want to be the weight I was when I was 16. And you're like, why? Like, and I actually, I remember that, I think I had like three consultations back to that once. It was like the third one that was the same thing. Like, and I just was like, you won't be happy when you lose two stone. Like, <laughs> you will not be happy. And they were like, what? And I was like, you won't be, you won't be happy. I'm telling you right now. Um, and like, it's, I've literally just created a bootcamp inquiry form and it's three questions. That's the same question, right? But it says, what is your current lifestyle and training goals? What would you like to gain from training in the first four weeks? Why are you looking to make improvements to your lifestyle? And it's the, it's the same question, but it's people will be like, because I, I have it when people inquire about my boot camp. What would you like to get? Well, I want to lose two stone. Cool. What, um, and, and what would you like to see in the first four weeks? Two stone. Two stone. No, not two stone in four weeks. Um, <laughs> and you go, and it's as if they think you're having a laugh see when you're going right but why you're trying to get yeah. someone to say like oh well because i'm sick of being out of breath i'm sick of feeling yeah. uncomfortable and yeah cool right so um oh i would like to be this weight because when i was this weight and you're like right maybe what dress size what jean size were you cool let's focus on that rather than being like just focusing on the weight like and what you'll find is yeah. because that time in your life is different yeah 
you might be taller, you might have more bone mineral density, you might have less or more muscle mass. So your weight at that point, it's just, it's basically saying that, yeah, you can track these things. However, if you do the other things and you tick the boxes, you'll just, you'll be all right. Like it's it's the proofs in the pudding. See, if if you're getting stronger, if you are able to do better movements like pull-ups, unassisted pull-ups, like you're going to be seeing physique adaptations. Do you know what I mean? And I'm not just saying yeah. leave the callet, like obviously nutrition is not important, but what I'm saying is if you're staying accountably active, if you're being mindful of your food, that's half the battle. You know what I mean? It's, it's, yeah. um, that's the main thing and people need to build that up. And I've said this before on a previous podcast, but it's pretty valid to tie in. Me and Ailey were out at a hotel one weekend in Glasgow, it was not even that long ago. And on the Sunday we were sat in a, um, we were in, what was it? Single end. And uh, for breakfast in Glasgow, really, really good, by the way. If anyone hasn't been or anyone's planning on going for some brunch, well, no, no. You're getting um, that, you're getting that tenner in the back pocket for that. I know, I know. <laughs> it's uh, really, really good. But uh, it's not, nothing's open right now, so I'm not be getting any cash for it, man. Uh, and uh, yeah, so we're up there. We've been drinking the night before. We've been eating loads of food all weekend. Sunday morning, I got like a full breakfast. It was class. And I was like, I was like, I'm not being a dick. And I was like, but I'm me, well, maybe one of the only people in there that was maybe thinking, God, we've ate quite a lot this weekend. We should probably be moving a wee bit more today and maybe have, or maybe have a lighter or like maybe have a coffee or like jammy a piece of toast. Something like you're just, you're aware. Whereas most folk don't have that awareness. And it's what people yeah. need to realize that it's not a diet plan. These are a tool to help you. It's the intuitiveness it's the understanding to be like, fuck, I've barely moved and I've ate a lot of food. Ah, okay. Yeah. Whereas people just go, oh, I ate loads of fat food and then they go and weigh themselves <laughs> and then that's it. Like that is the story and you're like, my God, man, like, yeah, like obviously you're going to be a bit heavier if you've just spent a weekend over consuming yeah. and not moving. Yeah, but like it doesn't mean that you have to do the full all or nothing. You need to just throw the, spit the dummy. Do you know what I mean? You need to just yeah. continue and just go, right, okay. Yeah. Um, it's, it's, uh, that's the, the biggest part I would say consistency and just being able to be consistent and if you've if you've got that goal of losing weight or dropping the dress size whatever it might be that's obviously your, your end goal but it's the, the process that's going to get you there so it's making sure you're getting your steps in getting your nutrition dialed in ensuring that you're you're getting your training sessions done and all these things that are going to help you and you focusing on like that end goal of the weight loss or, or dropping the dress size, the more you focus on that, it's almost the, the more you forget to do those other things. So yeah, focusing on doing those small things helps. And it, it can be become deflating when maybe you have ticked all the boxes one week and maybe yeah. like you go and you do weigh yourself and you like, and I even done it when it was, I was doing a, a wee structured cut with my, uh, my online guys over lockdown, the first one. And basically I remember like I was weighing myself as a wee bit of a, an experiment because I never weigh myself. And there was a week where I did eat a wee bit more, but because, and I was literally up half a pound from what I was the week before. And it's so swaying. It is. And I know my body well, and I knew that I'd done everything. I knew it was just, but it is. It's so deflating sometimes. And you're just like, yeah. it's, it's, it's human nature just to be like, oh, why is that not going the way it is? So, do you know what I mean? Like, yeah. as long as you know that you're doing what you can, that's the main thing. So rather than focusing on the outcome, focus on the process. Um, yeah. And you'll see it come, come along. So, um, like, moving on to the next point, mate, this is obviously a big talk topic that I'm so glad has been more spoken about males now, especially male coaches in the fitness industry. Talking about the menstrual cycle, how can this impact a female's fat loss journey, mindset, and training performance? Yeah, so the menstrual cycle will make a, make a massive difference. 
Um, and obviously, depending on what week you are, that that will affect different parts. And if we look at it as a whole, obviously, like twenty eight days in an average mental mental cycle. So, day, around the middle, day fourteen, that's going to be um, like ovulation or around about that point. And that's when you're going to be at your strongest. Um, so, if you're going into the gym and you're trying to hit PBs or anything like that, that that would be the the time to do it. And it's not obviously exactly day 14 that's obviously um person dependent um but yeah let's say anything bet between sort of days 12 to 16 that might be the time that you can really go for your training that you'll be feeling good you'll be feeling more confident and um, feeling stronger in the, in the gym you'll be able to handle carbs better and stuff like that um and then sort of moving into the next two weeks um so especially the week before your period this is when the cravings are really kick in this will be probably where you're craving carbs, but your your body won't handle carbs that well. Um, you might be lacking motivation, feeling a little bit tired, bloated, and, and stuff like that. So it's just trying to understand whereabouts you are in your, your menstrual cycle, and, and that will have an effect. So um, like in the, in the final week, just understanding that you'll probably, for most females, need a little bit more food, and from between sort of 100 to 300 calories extra for most, but again, that's person dependent. But that could be um, like an, a bit of fruit between breakfast and lunch, between lunch and dinner, and then one after dinner as well. And that would equate to around about the 300 calories extra. Some people might feel that they need all of that. Others, others might might feel okay and, and um, not feel like they need extra and still be able to train quite hard. It's just being able to listen to your own body and understand that it, that it will make a difference. Um, and yeah, it's like, it's just, it's just getting used to things, I think. Um, and obviously like I'm no period expert or anything like that, but, um, like I've had from the clients I've had, like I've, I've even noticed, and I can tell even by the way, the messaging, like what maybe whereabouts that they are in the cycle or how they're feeling. And, and that lets me be a little bit more sort of sympathetic towards them. Yeah. Like I, there's a few things that I can totally relate to in that. Like first one was what you said there. Like, I remember when I really started learning about this more and researching it, listening to podcasts, reading on it. And it's not massive amounts. It's not like I went and done qualifications in it, but like what we are saying there, it's the awareness. Do you know what I mean? It's having that awareness yeah. that that's there. And then I started like put, put, uh, put, joining the dots and I was like, I can actually tell when some of my female clients that have been training for a long time, that I have been training for a long time, where they are on their cycle due to their training performance, due to their, the way that they're carrying themselves. And it's actually crazy that how much that, picks, that, that affects that. And it's a conversation that when I started doing it about two years ago, when I started talking about it more, it was, I, I was uncomfortable talking about it because, as you said, but now because I'm, I'm, it's not that I'm dead well-versed, I don't have a menstrual cycle, you know what I mean? Like I, but yeah. because I've seen it happen so many times, I can confidently tell people that it's okay. Do you know what I mean? But as yeah. you said there, it's that awareness um, and it's it's the awareness to just be like, oh, it's kind of expected. So as you said there, on around obviously the beginning, that cycle that we were saying there, a few tips that I would maybe say to do is, one of the things that Finley said was, it's person dependent. I have trained females, but they hardly bat an eyelid. Like some that's yeah. trained some females where they're like, it doesn't, I'm aware of it. It doesn't really affect me though. I've trained yeah. other females that weren't aware and it hits them like a bus. You know what I mean? They come yeah. in and they're just like, they look like they want to cry and they're literally like they're lifting weights and you're going two weeks ago you were lifting like this much yeah. weight and how come it looks like you're trying to wrestle a bear right now try to hip thrust half the weight and it's <laughs> it's literally and you know it's because of that so yeah 
if you're in that phase where you are feeling a wee bit, wee, wee, a wee bit weaker, don't be scared to de- deload a bit. Drop down the, your yeah. volume of what you are doing. So say, for example, you may be working on a program, like you maybe tie that in like every every four to five weeks, you know, in that week, you're going to reduce your volume by 10 to 15%. You're going to try and push your reps up to try and meet that sort of stimulation of stress. You might find that it manages better. Um, and then another yeah. one for the other end, so obviously the back end of it, um, when you do require that person-dependent few extra 100 calories, make sure you're not overdoing it because people do this with running. They go and run a fucking half marathon and they go, oh, yes, I get to eat all this food. And you're like, you've only been doing two hours of exercise. You know what I mean? You've not been doing... Yeah. You've not literally done a million more. It's that overestimation. So as Finley said, an apple, a banana, like it doesn't need to be like, you can have a chocolate bar, but what I'm saying is it doesn't need to be like, oh my God, I'm on my period. I feel hungry. I need an extra thousand calories today. It's literally only a small amount. So again, if it goes unnoticed, it goes unnoticed. Don't worry about it at all. So that's all I can really add into that. What do you think on that, mate? Yeah, I think that's absolutely right. And the other thing is um, scale fluctuations within that as well. So obviously um, you could have exactly the same body fat um, week one to week four, but you're going to weigh heavier in week four because you're carrying extra fluid, extra water and stuff like that. And um, it's basically like you standing on the scales and, and being handed a bottle of water. Uh, it's exactly the same thing. And it's not that you've necessarily gained any, gained any fat or, or done anything wrong. I think it's very easy to like get to week four, be feeling like that and feeling like you've not done well enough. You've, you've not been doing this. Um, and very easy to get caught up and maybe like the scales jumping up a little bit. Um, but just trying to be un- understanding of it and um, yeah, like understand that week four, you will, chances are you will be a little bit heavier um, compared to week one. So generally what I'll try and do is get clients to compare like week one rate to week five, week two to week six, week three to week seven, et cetera, ah, okay. just so they've got, they've got an understanding um, of that type of thing. And, and the other thing sometimes that I try and do is even get females to, to not diet on the last week. So three weeks, um, like two weeks go and diet quite hard or, or more aggressively than they might usually do week three possibly as well but then week four maybe go back even up to sort of a maintenance level and um, just allow them to sort of take the week off the diet and and do it that way if 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 they they are feeling the, the effects of it and there's something to add in it is actually proven that it's like it's harder for females to lose fat than males like it's literally yeah. like it's, and I'm not, do not think I'm putting words in your mouth. Like Christian says that I can't lose any fat. Like it, I'm not saying that. <laughs> I'm literally saying that your females end of the day, not being sexy, if there's any pure feminists coming on, are on this planet to reproduce. <laughs> you know what I mean? Like they are, that is, they're there to have children. That is like literally to reproduce. Do you know what I mean? Males and females, they have children. So females want to have more fat. So they will fight back harder. If you put yourself into a big deficit, if you put yourself into a long fat long, like uh, if you do try and do loads of copious amounts of cardio, your body will fight back hard, harder than what a males would. You'll find yourself, you're neat reducing, you'll find yourself not moving about as much. You'll find your motivation take a big, big hit if you're running yourself down. So kind of ties in back to the point of what Finley said there. Make sure that you're eating the most amount of calories you can to lose fat rather than yeah. just cutting it right down because your body will fight back harder because obviously yeah. these are baby makers. I think it's baby makers. I think it's um <laughs> the wee baby makers. I think it's uh, a third of the extra time. So like yeah. if me if you and your girlfriend went out for, for dinner and ate the same amount of calories, um you could go into the gym for an hour and let's say that burned it off, whereas she would have to be in 
an hour and 20, if that's yeah. my maths right. But I think it's a third of the extra time, so it's, yeah. it's a lot extra. Yeah, it adds up, man. It's a big, big, big accumulation there. So I kind of yeah. wanted to add this one in as well, mate. Like, it's like menopause. You've obviously got females, you've got pre-adolescence, then you've got adolescence, menstrual cycle, then you've got menopause. Um, and I'm not an expert on this by any means. I've trained a lot of women that um, are going through, not loads, but like literally probably about 10, 15 women going through menopause. And yeah. it seems to be the sort of forgotten part of females' life. Um, and not forgotten, but I mean, when it comes to fitness, is if, oh, you're too old, you're not going to do that. But you do not, people can go through menopause in their late 30s. You know what I mean? Like females, not guys, females can go through menopause. And it's basically when obviously everything stops and the effects of that, and I just kind of wanted to add in, like, again, I'm not, me and Finley aren't, med- we're not, we're, we're literally staying in our own lane here. This is just talking from experience, but there's pros and cons. We're not the period, guys. No, no, no. <laughs> and uh, there's uh, pros and cons to menopause. There's the cons are, yeah, it can, it can, I think, this is a wee bit off tangent, but medical professionals, the amount of people I've went, spoken to, and they said, I went to the doctor, they told me, or, or X amount, or X person, whatever, nurse, doctor, and they said that because I'm going to go into birth control, I'm going through menopause, that I'm going to gain weight. Now, what they should be saying is, you're not going to gain weight because you're taking a pill or you're going through a stage of your life. They're saying that there's potential to gain weight because, yeah, like, metabolically, things could slow down, very, very, very minor, but more things like your mood, your sleep can be impacted, because your sleep's negatively impacted by menopause, you might not be as inclined to exercise. You might not be as inclined to move. You might be more inclined to reach for more sugary snacks. You might be more inclined to just eat more because you're tired, you're fatigued. And I think this is what people need to highlight. It's not menopause itself. Because like, people say things like the menopause like the menopause ring or the menopause belly. And you're like, no, it's not menopause <laughs> that creates that. Like Fat distribution is caused by many different things. And menopause can cause a female to gather fat around their stomach only if they're in a calorie surplus, not if they're in a calorie deficit or at maintenance. So I think when people hear this, they need to take it the right way rather than the wrong way. They hear things like, oh, menopause, I'm going to gain weight. I'm going to go and birth control, I'm going to gain weight. You're like, no. The side effect is that, yeah, like your mood might dip. As a result, your mood dip and your training performance drips. Because your training performance dips, you're not expending as much calories because you're not as motivated. You're not as driven. You're not moving as much. You're making poorer choices. And it's these habits that add up. It's not the actual menopause. That's the stage of your life. It's that there. So yeah. I think that's an important thing to add in. Like, and, and you're like, you need to just, and I've really had to like really drive that into some of my uh, female clients in the past that I have trained because the, the confidence has took a hit because They've been reading them forums online about the menopause belly and you're like, fucking delete those forums, like get away from them because they're just <laughs> going to fill your head with shit. Do you know what I mean? So yeah. I think that's one to, to there. And then that's obviously cons, but pros, menopause, like any female that I've trained going through menopause is significantly stronger than what they were previously. Because as we said already, when you are going through your menstrual cycle, your body's, like a female's body, as we said, it's to have children they're producing estrogen they've got small amounts of testosterone when you go through menopause you're no longer producing that female sex hormone that basically has a reverse effect on muscle building like it's, it's trying to it's trying to slow that down it's going i don't like yeah. having as much muscle as that so the, the one of the pros of being going through menopause is the fact that you might actually see an increase in lean mass 
you might actually see feel the strongest you've ever been. As a result of that, you're going to obviously, especially when you're a female, going through um, osteoporosis, you're more at risk of osteoporosis when you're older. And if you're resistance training, you're going to be promoting osteoblasts, you're going to be getting stronger bones, you're going to be reducing the risk of osteoporosis, which is a class thing. So I think that's yeah. a, a big one to remember there about menopause is there's pros and there's also cons, do you know what I mean? So, and it's something to, it's, what we are saying is it's not going to change your life, like I was saying this, but it's going to give you awareness, which could potentially change your life. I mean, it's not, it's understanding it. Yeah. I think the other thing is like, no matter what, I think weight training is going to benefit you. I think being as active as you can is going to benefit you and, and being mindful at least of your, of your, your diet and um, be mindful of that, that they're all going to benefit you. And that's the sort of basics and, and being able to focus on those basics are, are what's going to give you like 90% of, of the results. No, definitely. Um, and like, so that's kind of, have you got anything else to really add in to all your feet or the past talk about female fat loss, menstrual cycle, uh, obstacles, frustrations? you get anything else to add in, Finley? I just think um, consistency. I just think consistency is, is a massive thing because you could do something for three, four, six, eight weeks, whatever it might be. And um, like basically you, you'll, you'll only fail if you stop. Like if you stop doing it, whereas if you can stay consistent and keep going and you'll have good days and bad days, you'll have days where you feel motivated, have days where you don't, your weight might go up and down. Um, but as long as you can stay consistent and just keep taking those actions that are going to help you see progress um, and help you feel more motivated, then then that's going to be key. And that's going to be the key to sort of long-term success. No, that's, I wish... I wish people knew it. Like I know that, that you'll know it as well. Like a lot of PTs that are like, they know it so well because of obviously the building businesses, they understand how to gain clients. And I think we just understand consistency so, so well. And I wish other people seen it the way that a, a good PT sees it. Do you know what I mean? Like that's one of the things yeah. I, I've mentioned this on numerous podcasts. Um, and it's, I wish more people did see it. Um, so I'd like to just say, mate, thank you very much for coming on the podcast. It's been an absolute pleasure, mate. And um, we enjoyed it. Yeah, it's been amazing. Thanks for thanks for having me on. It's been that's no, good, mate. It's good. Um, if anyone has enjoyed the chat with me and Finley, you can find them on Instagram. What's your handle, mate? It's just um, Finley Carmichael PT. Cool. That's a good one. That's an easy one to remember. Yeah, an easy yeah. One. So you can find them on Instagram as well. But I'll be sharing the podcast and putting up a wee snippet probably, and I'll tag them in it so you see it on there. If anyone has obviously really enjoyed this podcast, we always appreciate if you screenshot it on whatever you're listening to, uh, listening to it on. So Anchor, Spotify, Apple Podcasts, whatever it is, screenshot it, get it on your stories, Facebook and Instagram, and tag both of us in it because it gets the message out there more as well. But apart from that, ladies and gents, I do not have anything else to add in. So thank you very much, and I will catch you in a bit. Thank you. Bye.